0: Welcome to Whenever Worship with Washington Farm United Methodist Church. Our daily life can make it hard to connect with God at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Whenever Worship helps you connect whenever you can, wherever life takes you with patterns of prayer, reflection, and conversation that will help you lift your heart up in all of the ways that we live out our lives as people of a living faith in a living God. So I've been trained as a childbirth educator and as a doula. As a childbirth educator, my first priority is always to acclimate those supporting the birthing person with the sights and sounds of labor. You see, for the vast majority of Americans, when we we conjure up images of birth, We tend to flash back to the scene from the Friends episode, the one with triplets, when Phoebe gets birth. In this episode, Phoebe grimaces, the doctor smiles, and a baby is held up to the world. The only nod to actual birth is that they've tried to cover the babies realistically in something resembling blood or or possibly maraschino cherry sundae sauce. When Phoebe's brother runs out to tell her friends about the birth of the first baby, Monica asks, well, well, how does he look? And Phoebe's brother replies, really, really gross. I mean, birth just really isn't like that. I mean, maybe you've never seen this particular episode of Friends, but I bet you could think about another birth scene from a movie or television show that, that doesn't quite live up to reality. A personal favorite of mine is Father of the Bride 2. In this movie, both the mother and her daughter are pregnant at the same time. Surprise! And when the daughter goes into labor, it's this mad dash across the city to the hospital, and and the birth is is so hectic, and, and it becomes even more so because the mother goes into labor too. If you've ever given birth or known someone who has, you know that birth doesn't really look like this. I mean, it doesn't sound like this, and and most of the time it, it doesn't progress like this. But even as our movies and our television shows struggle to depict the realness of birth, I will say that they do a whole lot better than the way our Christmas carols and our stories do about that incredible night in Bethlehem. I mean, maybe it's the fault of the scripture. I mean, all Luke writes about the birth of Jesus is while they were in Bethlehem, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger. I mean, Matthew is even more obtuse writing, Joseph awoke from sleep. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son. And he named him Jesus. John's opening, right? It's poetic and amazing and and incompletely symbolic. And Mark? Well, Mark doesn't even talk about Jesus being born at all. The, the gospel of Mark starts with the John the Baptist and, and skips straight to the baptism of Jesus. In light of this dearth of details, we, we've developed our own midrash to tell this story we tell stories to describe how the son of man couldn't be like any other baby ever born into this world our hymns and and our carols have us sing silent night holy night all is calm all is bright round yon virgin mother and child holy infant so tender and mild or we sing the cattle are lowing the baby awakes but little lord jesus crying he makes. In our collective imaginations, we've created such a highly sanitized story of the birth of Jesus and, and this squeaky clean narrative that is both beautiful and lovely and peaceful and wonderful. It's also separating us from God. You see, the point of the Christmas narrative isn't that God became a person unlike any other person in this world. The point of this narrative is that that God became a person exactly like any other person in this world. Exactly as any other person in this world has ever come into this world. Now, we'll end tonight's service singing, Go Tell It on the Mountain." We'll sing, go tell it on the mountain that that Jesus Christ is born that Jesus Christ is born because, because you see Jesus Christ was born. Jesus Christ was born to a woman and Jesus Christ was born to a woman in a town that was literally bursting with people. And because Jesus Christ was born to a woman in a town that was literally bursting with people, she was forced to birth this baby, not in a sterile operating room or in a cushy labor and delivery room, or, or even on the level of the house where other were able to sleep she gave birth on the level where the animals were kept probably in the same space as chickens maybe a donkey possibly even a goat and this, this was the first century CE. Mary didn't have an epidural. Mary didn't have any pain meds at all, actually. I mean, she probably had a midwife, but, but it's possible that she wasn't the only woman giving birth that night and that, that midwives in this usually small town of Bethlehem were, were otherwise occupied with births that were happening all around them. So imagine, if you will, the, the of of this birth. A woman breathing through contractions, a a woman with with sweat on her brow as her dilation contractions turned to pushing contractions, even as as chickens pecked at unseen bugs on the packed dirt floor of the house of, of some distant relations of Joseph's. Imagine the sounds of this birth, the, the guttural sounds a, a woman makes as she brings a baby into this world, the the low hum of, of crowded streets packed with people who have turned this, this census moment into a time of, of family reunions and, and festivities. Imagine the smells of this birth, the smell of animals lingering in this room, the the smell of birth. Um, I've attended a number of births and, and I've birthed two babies myself. Birth is beautiful. But it's, it's also messy. Babies are a little slippery when they're born. Whoever caught this baby boy would have wiped the fluids, the, the goop of birth, off of him and, and handed him to his mother while they waited for her to deliver the placenta, that incredible organ that, that women grow that, that nourishes their babies in the womb. Was baby Jesus covered in waxy white vernix? Did, did he have a full head of hair, which which Mary knew he'd have because she'd experienced heartburn her, her entire pregnancy? Did, did she have to rub his back vigorously to, to help him cry and breathe in that first gulp of, of worldly air? Did he pink right up? Did she feel those contractions you feel as, as your baby first tries to nurse and, and your body tries to stop your body from hemorrhaging blood? And Luke, it says, she wraps him in swaddling clothes and and places him in a manger in, in the feeding trough of the animals whose space she was sharing. Did the animals come up and try to sniff this baby lying in the place where their food should have been? Did they know that this was God, their creator? Did they join the refrain of angels singing Gloria, adding their voices to the the hubbub of the town all around them? Why? Why have we separated the birth of Christ from the beauty of actual birth? Why have we sanitized the story of God's magnificent and humble entrance into human history? I think it comes from our, our strange relationship with what is holy, with what is sacred, somewhere in the way we think about who we are as people we've constructed a narrative that, that tells us that what our bodies do cannot possibly be holy. We tell each other that our bodily lives do not support our, our spiritual lives and, and actually detract from them. We, we say things like cleanliness is next to godliness. And, and if we're honest, I mean, if we're actually honest, if we actually believe it, not just in terms of, of washing our hands, but but washing away our entire bodily existence but if if god had wanted to avoid the goop of birth god would have avoided being born. Because, you see, God could have interceded on our behalf as a king with a mighty golden sword that glints in the sunlight. He, he could have interceded as, as Pharaoh, as an emperor, as a, as a rich Roman patron, just becoming whatever form God preferred. But that's not what God did. God was knit together in Mary's womb in the person of Jesus, he, he was born into this world through the ordinary process of birth. And he came to this world not as someone who was powerful, but, but as a baby dependent on his mother to nourish and nurture him with her body. The goop of birth matters cleanliness isn't next to godliness in the birth of jesus christ god blessed the messiness of human life god blessed the goop And that means that the the things that our bodies do are, are holy things. Birth is holy, not just because it is beautiful, but because the beauty of birth is not changed by all of the goop of birth. In fact, because God blessed the goop, it is altogether more beautiful and more holy because of its messiness. And that means that our messy lives are also holy and sacred things. Birth is holy and sacred. Being in the trenches of raising toddlers who, who throw tantru- temper tantrums is holy and sacred. Being in the trenches of raising teenagers who, who make Questionable choices is, is holy and sacred. Being a teenager who makes questionable choices is holy and sacred. Trying to navigate being the parent of an adult child whose choices still make it hard to sleep at night is, is holy and sacred. Navigating, caring for a parent who is struggling with the darkness of dementia is holy and sacred. Being that person who is struggling to make sense of a world colored by dementia is holy and sacred because you see all aspects of human bodily lives are holy and sacred because God blessed our goop. God blessed our mess. God, God blessed us. Tonight is Christmas Eve and and we'll sing Silent Night. We'll sing about that round, yon virgin who is holding her newborn infant. As we light our candles, don't let our sanitized mythology take over for you. Instead, consider this and the messiness of birth. Even while the world is buzzing around you, the moment the baby Mary carried for nearly ten months was placed in her arms, the world seemed to stop. That vernix-covered baby, freshly born, perhaps still with the goop of birth on him, became her light in a way that he would become a light for all of us. Silent night is a moment between a mother and a baby when she feels as if her heart leapt out of her chest and is being held in her arms. Mary knows love's pure light, not as a beautiful song lyric, but as the very real baby nursing at her breast. The goop is beautiful. The goop is holy. The goop matters. And because the goop matters, your messy life is beautiful too. It is holy. It matters. And that's that's the real story of Christmas. Thanks be to God. Thanks for joining us on Whenever Worship for our reflection on Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 20. We hope that you have a very Merry Christmas.